o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got some predictions on Super Bowl 58. Of course, a lot of the game Sunday on the team with uh, pregame at noon. Feels like it's going to start at Any four, o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's going to start an hour from now. But no, it's, it'll start at noon. And then kick off at 4.30 from Allegant. No, yeah. Allegiant Stadium in I Las do Vegas. like how CBS is at least turning into the skid. Because it was for a few years there. Everybody kind of like sheepishly saying, oh, pregame coverage starts at 10 a.m. You know, there's six and a half. Now CBS proudly, Super Bowl 58, six and a half hours of pregame coverage. Like, Why wouldn't you lean hard? Lean, but lean hard into that, though. Embrace it. If you're going yeah. to do it, then lean hard into it. There were a couple of years, though, where it's like, hey, kickoff at 4.30. What time does the pregame show start? Doesn't matter. Kickoff's at 4.30. Midnight the night before. Yeah. We've been here for four days. And you think about it. That, I mean, in other ones, it's hard because you never know it's a series. Like World Series, Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. final. Could go, you know, four. Could go, you know, you don't know. Right. You don't know when the, you know if it's going to game seven. Yeah. But other than that, you don't know when yeah, it's going to Everybody else, end. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. Yeah. They don't, they don't have the luxury of this is it. It's one game. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so we can hype the crap out of. This game yeah. and have a gigantic, super long pregame mm-hmm. and go through all the history of past Super Bowls and all the storylines. It's is- hard to do a six and a half hour pregame for World Series game six. Because you right. might be here the next night. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Could you could there could be a game seven. So are we gonna just recycle right. everything and do it all over again? Well, we know the NFL season is over. Nine nine thirty Sunday night. It's done. We know that, and we've known it since however long. Right. Second Sunday in February, about 9 to nine or 9.30. The season is over. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens the previous 25 weeks. The season is over this, this day. The season continues, but it's a different season well, now. true. It's like the, the playing portion is yeah, over. Yeah, the, the playing's over, then we get into combine draft mm-hmm. and all the other storylines that, yeah. that go at free agency. There is no off-season anymore. But No, there really is. It's a 365 yeah. cycle now. The between the lines ends. Comes to we an know end. exactly yep. when it is. At 9 o'clock on, Saturday, mm-hmm. on Sunday night. It's over with. Yeah. For the other three, you have no idea. Yeah. And so that is the luxury the NFL possesses of. It's one game. It's one day. Boom. Mm-hmm. You can blow it all out. Have a super gigantic pregame show. Yep. And and just, you know, really throw all your resources into covering that one game. And I think what, with the rotational aspect of the coverage, too, makes it a little easier to throw s- seven hours of pregame show sure. out. Because if Fox had to do it every year. That would be a lot. Sure, it would kind of suck for, 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 for anybody. Did. For CBS, ABC, yeah, whatever. If, if they didn't do the Super Bowl, whoever, it would be a lot for mm-hmm. anybody. All right, 803. So, unfortunately, Scott cannot go and take advantage of our Buffalo Wild yep. Wings big game giveaway. So we have another winner. Let we me, do. Let me play this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Tim is our backup winner. All right, so Tim, congratulations. Yes. Scott had some personal things mm-hmm. come up that, uh, unbeknownst to him, yep. unfortunately. So, Tim, congratulations 
you are going to uh, go to Buffalo Wild Wings, yes. you and five of your friends, and 50 Wings coming up on Sunday. Our promotions person has the uh, information. You've informed him. Very good. I have. Job well done, sir. Thank you. Job well done. I do what I can. All right, let's go around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, let's start out with Super Bowl 58. Practice going on for both the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, Niners have been practicing at UNLV, their field. Kyle Shanahan has not liked it. Says the field's too soft. And, um, and so for Shanahan, there was the option of practicing elsewhere, but it would force them to go too early in the morning. So he said that staying at UNLV is the best choice that we've got. While making it very clear, it was not exactly what the team would have drawn up for themselves. Quote, we're here, we're practicing on it. Everyone has their preferences, wish things were better, but we'll deal with it how it is. So they have a couple more practices before obviously they play on Sunday. I guess if they had a, you know, okay, what's the better solution here? And is it, if you're Kyle Shanahan, I don't, I don't want to already start creating narratives for people, but is this going to be a narrative if they lose? Well, practice field wasn't very good. Just laying the groundwork. I mean, the big lead thinks they're pre-planting excuses. Because it feels like that. A little bit. It does. It feels like they're already, ah, oh, practice field was soft. We just, we couldn't really get the work in we need to get mm-hmm. in. But there's, there's a definite feeling not, let me go back. There's a definite gap in the feelings about this news. There's this gulf between, oh, they should have the most pristine conditions available to them. This is the Super Bowl. And then on the other side, it is, it's the Super Bowl. You will practice in a parking lot if you have to. Remember the problems last year? Mm-hmm. Same type of field. State Farm Field. I mean, there was... Rollout tray. Yeah. There was problems with the field. And I I just... It does have a bit of a feel of if if things don't go well, well, just didn't get get the work in. wasn't fair. Chiefs had an unfair advantage in terms of where they practiced and and, and and where we did. We We were certainly lacking the kind of facility commensurate with playing in a game of this magnitude. But I also think Kyle Shanahan said he was he was pleased with what he saw in practice. Yeah, you can't really can't really have it both ways, right? <laughs> just, I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out okay, well the practice field was bad, but you but you had a good practice. I guess the two things are not necessarily mutual I mean you can have a good practice on a bad field. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's like, why, but why bring it up? Because I doubt anybody in the media said, so you happy with the practice field? Maybe somebody did. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure how this whole thing started. I mean, somebody asked Brock Purdy about it, how he felt about looking like Lee Harvey Oswald and Mm -hmm. Mahomes about how he feels about sounding like Kermit the Frog. I mean. I know J.C. (laughs) Treader was complaining about how they took the grass and put it just right on top of the synthetic surface out at UNLV to practice on. But once I, don't, again, I don't know what that does. I'm like, I'm not a grass person. 
But also, my, my thought is this. After what happened last year with the game itself mm-hmm. and the field conditions, why isn't the NFL being more, and this is not me defending Kyle Shanahan and all this stuff, but just why are you, why aren't you making sure that practice fields are up to snuff, obviously game day surface up to snuff, which you, which you should be, which you have guys that do that. That's what they do for the NFL. The turf masters of the league make sure the mm-hmm. field conditions are are very playable, though last year that was at times not the case. But then it was also a field that affected the Chiefs and the Eagles. Yeah, it wasn't, it's, it was, it's a field that both teams had to play on. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like the Eagles or the, the Chiefs got to play on one part of the field that was really good and the mm-hmm. Eagles on the bad side. That's not how that works. I just, in this case, after what happened last year, why aren't you making sure all your ducks are in a row about where, how good practice right. fields are, those facilities, along with the game day field conditions as well? No one bothers to bring up the downpour of the Indianapolis New Orleans Super Bowl. Yeah. No one brings that up when they're like, conditions were horrific. Conditions were horrific. Nobody's like, well, Peyton Manning should have five, if not for the rain. <laughs> like, just stop. It's about both teams have to play on the same conditions that usually are not their field. Tampa and Los Angeles, notwithstanding. It's happened two times in 58 tries yeah. that a team has played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So both teams have to play on the same surface the chiefs don't get to practice at allegiant while you know the niners are right. at a desert ridge high school or wherever the <laughs> exactly hell. so like the first time the niners touch it will probably be around the same time ish that the chiefs t- touch it for the first time maybe the chiefs have an extra advantage because they played there this season but also, at this point, but that's not it's their gonna fault. Be that's, just how the, that's just how the schedules work right. works out. And it's going to be a different surface. Like, they've redone the grass. Because they always do. I just don't... One, I don't, I don't understand where this is coming from. If it's coming from the Niners, that it seems very much like a... Well, if we don't win... Yeah, I feel just bad. The NFL screwed us. Field is bad. Really? Field, field look like crap. Mm-hmm. Couldn't pra- couldn't get the work in. Right. So you can't say that. And then <laughs> talk about oh, we had a good practice. Yeah. Travis <laughs> Travis Kelsey is wide open every snap and has 17 catches for 200 yards and four touchdowns. And it was all because of our practice field. It was all because the practice field was bad. And Brock Purdy throws two interceptions. Like oh, practice field was poor. That's why. Like stop. And so the the Chiefs are practicing at the Raiders practice facility in Henderson. Mm-hmm. And apparently the Niners asked to practice there too. And the Chiefs said, no. No, you can't. And this is pre-assigned too. Yeah, it's it's not like the Chiefs got they got to town first and said, we mm-hmm. claim dibs on the on the Raiders facility. And the NFL could make the Chiefs go, you guys are gonna share. But the Chiefs still get first crack at it and get to work their schedule because that's their facility for the week. So the Niners would have to practice at like 6 in the morning. And that's, Kyle Shanahan's yeah. like, yeah, you know what? That's just not going to work for us. That's way more upheaval than what it's worth. 
Like I said, there's there's sod placed on top of the two artificial surface fields last week at, at UNLV. Mm-hmm. NFL normally requires Super Bowl practice fields to meet certain standards in December leading up to the game. Why didn't they do a better job of addressing this problem, which was was certainly an issue back then? Mm-hmm. Because apparently the field is too hard. That uh, Adam Schefter for ESPN said the NFL hardness score for fields averages 78, with no field being less than 70. The Niners field is considered in the 50s. So it's so I've heard it's too spongy. It's yeah, too it's, soft. It's too, yeah, it's too soft, not too hard. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know enough about it, but it feels very much like a pre-planting of an excuse. And that's like, what I, that's why I keep hearing that it's too soft, and that's mm-hmm. the concern they have about it. And I, I just, once again, this is, this is not the Chiefs' problem. Right. This, the, the NFL should have done a better job of going, okay, uh, you know, you're going to put the turf on top of the artificial surface. That's maybe that's not going to work out. It's mm. going to be too soft. What are we going to do? Let's come up with a, a different plan. And it's just kind of ridiculous. Maybe they should have made sure that there were two as close to similar as possible practice facilities before they assigned the Super Bowl to the city. Having an NFL facility and then a Mountain West Conference facility, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off there. At least Arizona, it's Power 5. L.A. has two teams, two NFL teams. So you each have that. Miami, you have a Power 5 conference there. You know, the Hurricanes are probably have better facilities than a couple of the NFL teams. New Orleans, don't know how they work that out. There's... You know, Tulane, I don't know if Tulane is up to stuff. Houston, probably plenty of space. Dallas, probably plenty of quality facilities there. It's probably something the NFL, I agree, it's probably something the NFL should have had a little bit more due diligence in. They supposedly go and do that in December. Then rolling out sod onto artificial turf five weeks ago. But also, let's, the NFL's to blame for this, certainly, but also... If you're Kyle Shanahan, I, unless somebody unless somebody asked him about it, maybe that was the mm-hmm. deal. Maybe it got out somehow, and he's like, "Well, yeah, the field's too soft." And but if he's just bringing that up organically, if he's just bringing that up, that to me is like, "Oh, we're planting the seed for something here. Mm-hmm. Plant a seed for an excuse if we don't win on Sunday." More uh, about the game coming up. Joe Tooney, uh, the only Chiefs player to miss practice Wednesday, and Andy Reid said that Nick Algretti will probably start at guard in his place on Sunday. It's looking more like that. For the uh, Niners, George Kittle, Eric Armstead were limited at practice yesterday, leading up to uh, Sunday's game, which, of course, you can hear right here on the team with pregame at noon kickoff at 430 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Some other news and notes this morning, NFLPA, uh, they, uh, of course, uh, had their director, executive director, Lloyd Howell, uh, who talked about um, players wanting to steer the NFL toward uh, concessions on gambling and playing surfaces. Because remember, J.C. Treader, who you referenced earlier, mm-hmm. um, the executive uh, committee member, uh, talked about, and he's talked about the, the fuel conditions, about 
there needs to be a move toward grass and away from artificial turf for the NFL due to injuries, and that the league would like to see, or that the uh, player association would like to see the league make some some moves in that regard, and along with with gambling as well. That obviously sports betting has become such a huge part of the NFL, and that uh, Howell said it's here and it's not going anywhere, and that players. Players aren't allowed to take part in any betting on NFL games, and they're prohibited from betting on non-NFL sporting events while on team property or on team trips. And earlier this season, Hal and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell had a series of talks uh, between themselves about the lessening of punishments for betting on non-NFL sporting events on team property, reducing punishment from six games to two games. But Hal said the players and, and the Players Association, the execs, said the rule needs to evolve even further Calais Campbell was one of the members of the executive uh, council for the NFLPA. I feel like you know the rules are outdated. There was a time when it made sense, but now with technology, you may be able to bet on baseball or basketball on your phone. I don't understand why just because I'm in a locker room on a Wednesday or whatever, I can't just pick up my phone and pick a game. Yeah, that is the thing about gambling now. There were the, you know, the... Pandora's box, all these kind of things, genies out of the bottle, where if I'm a player, if I'm not betting on an NFL game, should I be allowed, if I'm sitting in my locker, see uh, Nuggets-Lakers tonight? Huh, okay. I think I want to, I'm going to lay a wager on that. Yeah, and That's what happens when you welcome gambling in. That's, that, that that's means, true. The, for me, the thing is, it's... It's legal, and you should be yes. allowed. But also, that doesn't mean you sh- you should do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. There's stuff I could grab on my phone, look at, perfectly legal. But I probably shouldn't at work. That's true. You know, like, if you cannot absolutely wait until the end of your workday to bet on whatever that's not NFL, you probably should talk to someone. Right? Then you might have the need to call the 800 number like, on that. <laughs> I want to be able to gamble. Well, can't you wait until, you know, five or six when you go home? Yeah, I, I, or I'm, can't I'm with you the, do that the I'm night with before? you on that. I, I understand the Calais Campbell point of view. It's like, what am I hurting if I'm not betting on the NFL? Sure. Legally, fine. Yeah, you know, could we sit here? Could I sit here on my phone right now? Make a, a bet on FanDuel while we're Absolutely. talking? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, or will there be repercussions at work? No. No. I, I, I guess you have to, once again, this is what happens, and this is not mm-hmm. me being anti-gambling, but this is what happens when you welcome it in, because now, where are the lines drawn? Right. And now when is it these guys can be like, I'm not playing in that game. My m- my point of view is this, and I don't know if it needs to evolve. If you know you can't gamble it in the facility, then don't do it. The penalty should not be a, a six-game draconian, I'm fine with two. Mm-hmm. And then if obviously betting on games, it needs to be significant. The hammer. And it needs to be impactful on that player to get the message across and to others. Yeah. You don't bet. Don't care if you're betting on your team. Don't don't care what it is. You should not be betting on NFL games. Just like, well, why can't we bet on other sports in the facility? Well, why do you have to? I, I'm with you on that. It's like, I, can I wait till... Certainly, I can. Mm. I can have the ability to wait to scratch that itch until I'm not if, in the facility. I'm, I'm back I'm at home coach, or whatever. I have more issue with you wanting to bet when you're supposed to be 
at work than you wanting to bet at all. I, I don't care. If you go home and instead of spending time with your kids and your wife and your family and your friends and doing your hobbies, you're sitting there on FanDuel making the same game parlay, don't care. If you're here working and we're in a meeting room and I'm trying to figure out how to get you to the quarterback so we can all succeed at our jobs and you're like, man, I we need to get the we need to wrap this meeting up so I can, you know, I yeah. got I got Michael Porter Jr. over ten and a <laughs> half tonight and Nikola Jokic, 11 and a half assists. We need to get this. I have more of a problem with that than I do with you wanting to bet at all. Right. I've got a college basketball parlay mm-hmm. put together that yeah. I, I need to, I I need to get. College of the Pacific minus four and a half tonight. We need to wrap yeah. this up. Like, and that is a problem, and, and I agree. My thing is, number one, the, the, the punishment for betting at the facility should not be as dramatic as mm-hmm. it is. It needs to be a punishment needs to be reasonable. Right. Don't do it again. It's two games. All right, is it was it worth not being able to wait for a few hours to yeah. do that? Okay, but it also should not be uh, this is maybe an over the top statement, a death sentence if you will or a a right. six, you know, seven eight game suspension for betting on non NFL related stuff. But but I agree. How about have some self-control? Yeah. Wait until you get home and and do it then. Do you want a Jaeger dispenser in your meeting room now? Like, that's yeah. perfectly legal. You can sure. do that wherever as long as you're a grown adult. Doesn't mean you need to be doing it while you're at work. Totally agree. Also, NFLPA, because this has been an ongoing discussion about banning the hip drop tackle. NFLPA was against it starting out before this season. And... Um, their position has not changed because the uh, NFL head of safety, Jeff Miller. Oh, really? That's what he's doing now. Said during the regular season that the play, which has a defensive player, pull down a ball carrier while dropping into their legs is something the league wants to get out of the game. There was a number of injuries to players on such tackles this season. And once again, Clayus Campbell plays for the Falcons now. Uh, on Wednesday, said the NFLPA wants to keep the players healthy and on the field, but that if there's only so much you can restrict the game and still call it football. Campbell said a lot of rules that were put in place over the last 10-plus years that made the game a lot safer were big adjustments for players. I feel like this particular rule change, I don't understand how you can police it the right way and allow us to do our job. Even an offensive player, Austin Eckler of the Chargers, says mm-hmm. he thinks it would be detrimental to the game because tackling players is part of the game and asking officials to rule what kind of tackle violates that rule would be a step in the wrong direction. What have we talked about with it? They seem like they have a really hard time defining exactly what a hip drop tackle right. is at times. And there's and enough, so if you can't define it, then how are you going to call it? There's enough gray area in the rule book as it is right now. Like, do we need another thing for people to argue about when it comes to penalties in the league? I don't think so. I don't think so. We got enough problems. They're worried enough about transparency and, uh, you know... I can't even think of the word right now, but the integrity of the game, that's the word. Then you're adding more to it, I think is just going to, it's a recipe for disaster. All right. Remember the other day we were giving Sean Payton grief about watching the tape on Patrick yeah. Mahomes when he was at Fox and saying, I was the be- best, best tape quarterback I've, I've ever watched. Best tape, tape I've ever seen of a college football player ever. And we're like, eh, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe throw this into the same kind of uh, category. 
former Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule, now uh, patrolling the sidelines in Nebraska, mm-hmm. where he was banished. Oh, I'm sorry. He took the job there. Excuse me. Sorry. Took the job there, Husker fan. Under duress, fans. I believe. He's got a, got a family to feed. Yeah. No, anyway, but Matt Rule said that uh, Brock Purdy would be in Carolina right now if he would have had his way when he was the Panthers head coach. That he wanted to draft Brock Purdy, but got vetoed by ownership. This fall into the Sean Payton, Patrick Mahomes, best tape I've ever seen of a college quarterback. Revisionist history. Ah, I saw something there. I did. I saw something in that guy. Uh, I don't. Was Matt Rule even there? Yeah. Because this According is Purdy's second year, right? Yes. I guess he was canned five games into the 22. So he was, yeah, he was there when Purdy got drafted. And and he saw him play it when he was at Baylor, when Rule was at Baylor. Mm-hmm. So I would think uh, this is ridiculous, but maybe I do have to realize David Tepper's the owner. <laughs> and that's probably exactly what happened. Also, uh, since the Niners are playing in the Super Bowl Sunday, Deep breath, Jim. A lot of, a lot of post-traumatic stress talking about this one. Yeah. When the Broncos met the Niners in the Super Bowl, 55-10, 89 season. That was the the fumble game, by the way. What Ernest Biner, right? Uh, yeah. Jeremiah Castillo. Did that happen this day? Is that the flashback? No, no, it's just no. Oh, okay. the, no, they they managed to find a way to. To beat your your Browns in the AFC Championship it helps game. Helps when somebody throws the game too. Lost week four at Cleveland though, that season because they were trying. Ernest Biner was trying to win, <laughs> not trying to lose. And then uh, the Broncos they they started three games. They won their first three games. Lost at Cleveland. Beat the Chargers and Colts at home. Uh, then um, beat Seattle in overtime. Dropped a home game to Philly. Won four straight. Uh, hammered the Seahawks at home, forty-one to fourteen, and then lost sixteen to thirteen to the Raiders in L.A. They lost three of their last four, but they won the AFC West, and they still ended up being the top seed in the conference. Yikes! That's a bad finish to the season. Mm-hmm. And then they got the first round by Denver faced Pittsburgh, and beat the Steelers, and then ultimately, of course, beat as mentioned Cleveland, uh, thanks to the fumble in the AFC Championship game. And then you got to face the Niners, who just absolutely crushed them 55-10. to 10. Elway sacked six times through two picks, also lost a fumble. And the Bronco defense could not stop Montana, Rice, Craig. Any of them, really. Taylor. The Niners scored in every quarter. Oh. Anyway. Just a quick little flashback. Thursday throwback and throw up to when the Broncos lost 55 to 10. Uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, these more college football related. Looks like Nick Saban will be part of ESPN's college game day moving forward. I think that'll be pretty good. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And also looks like uh, Coach Prime has his new defensive coordinator, Rob Livingston, who uh, isn't he the from actor? Office Space? Yeah, from Office Space. I think that's Ron Livingston. It's Ron, yes. This is Rob uh, Livingston. His brother. Twin brother. 
Well, you can. Well, you can't really say Robert I'm working. And Ronald can't really say I'm working or whatever, or hardly working, or I forget what the what the line uh, is. You've been missing a lot of work not, lately. I'm not exactly missing it. I'm Bob. not exactly missing it. Thank you. I had to remember exactly what the line was. Uh, Rob Livingston, uh, last eight seasons as a secondary coach for Cincinnati, will become the Buffalo's new defensive coordinator, replacing Charles Kelly. My favorite line from that movie is still Diedrich Bader through the wall. Hey, man, you want to come over? No, thanks. I don't need you bleeping up my life, too. <laughs> Where's my stapler? Somebody took my swing line. That's a good one. He's a good, he's a good, he's a that guy. That guy's in everything, it feels like. Uh, I was, he was in West Wing for a little bit. Yeah, he was uh, Jim James in uh, News Radio. I can't remember his name right now, the actor, but he's been in uh, Brother Where Art Thou, yeah. on the radio station. What's his name? Maybe? Oh, he was in um, Barry with Bill Hader. He was his handler. I cannot remember his name. The Milton is... Oh, Stephen Root. Stephen Root, who's absolutely fantastic. He's great as... He was in Trumbo. Selma, Get Out. He's been a, he's see, been he's a lot everywhere. of films. Been a lot of films. All right, eight twenty nine, and it's uh, time to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is. He was also a voice in King of the Hill, by the way, too. I had no yeah. idea about. By that. the way, Mark Johnson at nine twenty. Mark oh. had something else going Perfect. on this morning, so. All right, uh, up for grabs today for who is it? Is the case in New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. We take our answers on the text line, 970-242-1340. If you want any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you're under the age of 21, sit it out. If you don't want the prize easy enough, just go ahead and uh, sit this one out as well. We're looking for this football player. I have the second most career interceptions in Super Bowl game history. I have the most single game and career interception return yards in Super Bowl history. I played in the Super Bowl for three AFC West teams. Although the Denver Broncos are the only one still in the same town. Who is it? All right, so first correct answer. Send that to us this morning. In a case of New Belgium beer from High Country Beverage, once again, must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, sit it out. And uh, you're up to win $5,000 in fencing or maybe toward a new pergola from England fencing in Montrose. All right. Uh, joining us right now, Larry Manchester, Grand Junction Parks and Rec. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good morning. So uh, what is shaking with Parks and Rec? Because we make that, you know, we're closing in on spring, but winter's still going to be around for a few more weeks. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying. But we got some fun stuff going on. Um, we're getting ready for our adult softball and adult flag football seasons this spring. So you're... You know, get out there and start loosening up and getting the cleats and bats and everything dusted off. Stretch those hammies. Yes, stretch them out. Uh, we've also got our uh, pickleball season is in full swing indoors right now. So if you're a, a pickleball player and want to come play some indoor pickleball, you can. We're getting ready for a few clinics that are going to start happening. The next one is on the 19th of February, and that's at the Bookcliffe Activity Center. If you want to learn about the game of pickleball, you can come on out. Uh, we're also um, getting ready for our summer employment season. And I, not a, not necessarily a sport or an activity, but it is. A lot of seasonal lot jobs of, yeah, coming up yep. with Parks and Rec. Um, all of you high school and college age kids that are looking for something, we have our first job fair coming up next Tuesday at the Lincoln Park Barn. It's an opportunity to come out and meet the supervisors, learn about the jobs, fill out applications, and even possibly get hired on the spot. Um, it's just a, a great opportunity to, to get ahead of the game because you don't want to get to May and everything be 
taken up or all the good ones gone and you're absolutely you're stuck doing something you don't really want to do yeah yeah so come on out and check all that out we're also getting ready for our our summer camp season and it, it's a ways out there but registrations will be starting up here uh, the first part of february or first part of march excuse me and you do need to get your household registered we have new registration software and you have to build an account and everything and and do it ahead of time so that you can get the camps that you want, whether it's a sports camp or an activity camp. But um, this and, and all of the great other activities that we have going on, the best thing to do is go to our website. It's got all of our newest activity guides, camp guides, employment opportunities, all that great stuff at gjparksandrec.org. Uh, it'll walk you through all the different options for clicking on the activity guide or the parks and renting a shelter and, and all those good things. If that doesn't work for you, you can always give us a call, 254-3866, or just stop by 1340 Gunnison Avenue, and we'll put a guide in your hand. All right, very good. Who do you, who do you like Sunday? <sighs> who do I You know... I mean, who do you want? <clears throat> who do you want to win? Who do you think's going going to win? I, I think San Francisco's got a good chance. Okay. I think they've got a, a, a solid offense that's going to put up some points, but you can never count Kansas City out. I mean, their defense, what they did... It, two weeks ago against the Ravens was was short of great. Yeah. Um, so I think I just hope for a good, great game. I don't really have a horse in the race. All right. So I hope it's a, a one-score game and it comes down to the last play. That'd be fantastic. We'll have it on the team Sunday starting at noon. Larry, appreciate it. Yep. En enjoy the, the game coming up Sunday. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, The Team. Welcome back, 836. Jim and the Buckeye Boy coming up are Rick Nelson, American Family Insurance Team's Team of the Week. But we have a winner for Who Is It Today? Yes, sir. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Ron with the correct answer. Do you know who it is? Do you know who is it? Second most career interceptions in Super Bowl history. Okay. Most single game and most career return yards on interceptions in Super Bowl history. Played in the Super Bowl for three separate AFC West teams. Although the Broncos are currently the only one still in the same city. Played in the Super Bowl for the Chargers, lost to the Niners. Okay. Played in the Super Bowl for the Raiders, lost to the Bucks, and won two Super Bowls for the Broncos. Wow. Hmm. One of the he wore two different jersey numbers in each Super Bowl. Twenty-three in the first Super Bowl. And he won, and he won Super Bowls with the Broncos. He won both 97-98 Super Bowls from Stanford. Oh. First round pick. But not of the Broncos. Not of the Broncos. Of the San Diego Superchargers. Oh, man. I'm drawing a blank. I, I don't know. Darian Gordon. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Played in four Super Bowls. Because I didn't realize he'd played for the Seahawks. No, he didn't. Chargers. Oh, sorry, he played the Chargers. Chargers and Raiders. So that was the only one, okay, that he... Mm -hmm. Okay, so you, yeah, the two, they moved, they moved their teams. Yep. Okay. They moved their teams. 
and he played he had the 108 yards of interception returns for the Broncos against Atlanta. Super Bowl. He had two picks. 33. Super Bowl 33. Okay. He's got five career interceptions. He's got the second most tied for the second most with two interceptions. Okay. That's, a, that's great. Yeah. It's a really good question. Nice, nice dig, dig deeper, Darian Gordon. I love, love the fact that three of the four teams in the AFC West he played in the Super Bowl. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with our team's team of the week that's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. Come on! This is the Jim Davis Show. It's the team's team of the week on the Jim Davis Show. And our team's team of the week presented by Rick Nelson and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. So our Rick Nelson Agency, American Family Insurance Team's Team of the Week. They are 14-6. and six. They're 3-0 and oh in the Western Slope League. The Palisade Girls Basketball Team coming off a huge win over Glenwood Springs. With us right now, head coach Don Baver, also Addie Ritterbush, and Lorna Lancaster from the Palisade Girls Basketball Team. Don and uh, Addie and Lorna, Thanks for coming on for a few minutes this morning. I know it's a busy day. You guys are going to Battle Mountain tonight with a chance at uh, winning the, the first uh, league title for the Palisade Girls in about eight years. Appreciate the time this morning, Don. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Appreciate you having us on, and uh, thanks for choosing us as your uh, team of the week. Well, well certainly well-deserved, considering the, the, the huge turnaround from last season for your basketball team with the 14 wins this year. You beat Glenwood Springs 38-34. to and that, that's team defending league champion, a team that uh, Palisades had their struggles with beating. But uh, behind 13 points from Chloe Simons the other night, you were able to get that one against Glenwood, and it puts you a, a game away from winning a league title. It was a great game, and we were truly tested. We went in at half up 13, and we knew that they weren't going to go away easily. Like you said, like they've won four straight years in that WSL, and like, they're the team to beat. So, Addie had a great game, eight points, 11 steals, eight boards, just almost a triple-double. Chloe had a great game. And uh, Lila Lancaster, we assigned uh, Lila with uh, their number one girl, and she held her to nine. So, that's Lorna's sister, and Lorna's super supportive of her sister out there on the court and comes off the uh, bench and gives us some great minutes as well. So, as you mentioned, Addie Ritterbush had a big game against Glenwood. Addie's there with you right now. And, and Addie, uh, for you, this has got to be an exciting period of time. Uh, uh, last year was a struggle for this basketball team, but uh, right now on, on the cusp of winning a league title, and and you played a big role in, in getting that that crucial victory against Glenwood the other night. Yeah, it's um, definitely um, super exciting as our team uh, is doing super well this year. Um, against Glenwood, we played a super great um, team game. We had really good defense. Um, we uh, had a really yeah, like I said, good defense. We had a season-high 28 steals, which is amazing. Um, like Coach said, Lila Lancaster did a super good job of shutting down their um, number four, like their best player, and that was a crucial part of winning that game. What do you feel has been the difference from last season to this season, Addie, in terms of, of, of how this team is, has improved? What have been some of the things you've noticed that have, have made this season come together better for this group of, of basketball players? Um, it definitely helps that we have another season under our belt with Coach Baver. Um, and then we also seem to do really well when we run the floor and, like, get off the ball, share the ball, and um, get it down the floor quickly. 
And, and I believe you're a repeat uh, visitor with us because we have the Palisade Volleyball team as a team's team of the week, and you remember that, and I believe that you came on and spoke with us then as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you carry over that success in volleyball to basketball now. This is a, a, a very satisfying year for you, uh, another trip to state in, in volleyball, and uh, now potentially and certainly uh, right there on the cusp of a, a trip to, to state in, in basketball as well. Yeah, definitely. It's super exciting to, um, you know, make it to a playoff game, hopefully. And, you know, if we keep um, doing as good as we are doing, you know, potentially hosting. And so that would be a huge step for our program. We also have uh, Lorna Lancaster with us from the Palisade girls basketball team. And uh, Lorna, we we appreciate you coming on. uh, Senior on this basketball team, and I believe the the only senior uh, for Coach Baver. And so, a lot of responsibility uh, with that upperclassman leadership uh, for this this group of basketball players. Uh, how do you treat that that leadership role that you have with this team? Uh, I treat it as just a big sister. Coach Baber reminds us all the time that our whole team is sisters. We're all a big family. So I think just showing the underclassmen like the ways and like the steps that it takes to be a good leader and to support each other on our good and bad days all the time. And Chloe and our manager, Esme, are also seniors as well this year. So there we go. So thank you for Chloe's a, a senior. But certainly, uh, you know, Chloe's had a sensational season, uh, leading scorer for this Palisade girls basketball team. So my, my apologies, you're not the only senior, but uh, Chloe Simons, who's had a sensational season, is one as well. You come off the bench. How do you view your role when you get on the floor? What are the things you feel like, I have to have an impact on the glass, I have to have, have an impact defensively, or do you feel like you have to have the greatest impact in the game when you come in for Coach Baver? I think my greatest impact is defense. I really get in there and try and have frantic defense and just do as much as I can and be big. And also, my sister also plays with me, and I normally sub in for her. So just knowing that, like, I have her back when I go in and all the other girls when I go in, that, like, I have their back and I'm going to help as much as I can and take all the opportunities I can for my minutes. All right, Lorna, when you play Lila, your sister, play one-on-one who wins most of the time uh lila's a lot taller than me but you know i let her win sometimes you let her we win i like that out of a practice next time jim and just let those two girls go at it we haven't done that in the last few years <laughs> yeah let the lancaster sisters go at it and see see who's the, the the queen of the court between between the two of them we're talking with uh palisade girls basketball coach don baver also addie ritterbush and lorna lancaster uh it's our uh rick nelson agency american family insurance team's team of the week so Don, a big one with, with Battle Mountain tonight, uh, a victory for your basketball team. Gives you an opportunity to, to wrap up the league title tonight, potentially. You, you need a little bit of help tonight. Of course, you have Eagle Valley coming up on Tuesday, which we'll have you on the team. But uh, this is a, an important game for you tonight to go to Battle Mountain and get a victory. Yeah, we're, uh, we're just trying to be our best every single night. So, honestly, I was up to about midnight last night, you know, scouting them, doing some game film on them. We'll do a walkthrough here before we get on the bus and head up the uh, hill. But um, they've been shooting really, really well. On Monday night when they played Eagle, they had six threes that went in for them. And then they uh, tested Summit, and Summit's a pretty good team. And they tested Summit on Tuesday night. They made eight threes. So, really, they're um, they're shooting well, and it's going to be a good test for us. You know, we don't uh, necessarily look at the RPIs and see where they're at and where we're at. You know, it's just uh, one game at a time. And, if we do what we do, and we talk about it a lot, we got to just do us. If we do us, then uh, we're going to be just fine coming down the home stretch. Like I said, you're playing a battle mound tonight. Eagle Valley, they lose to Glenwood Springs tonight. That would clinch the league crown. I mean, it's been eight years since Palisade girls have, have won the Western Slope League title. 
in now your your second year coaching this team. What would it mean to you, Don, to to be able to win that that final Western Slope League title before you move on to the Southwestern League? It would mean a lot to the girls, honestly. You know, and that's what it's all about. It's about the girls and uh, the boys out there at Palisade, and uh, just a huge shout out to Corey too. Like they're making a playoff push right now, so hopefully that they can get into the playoffs. So we support each other, and so. It's not about me. It's about the girls and the boys out there. And um, we talk about it some. That like it'd be great to put 2024 up on that uh, banner that says that they're league champions. Well, best of luck tonight at Battle Mountain, and uh, we'll have full court coverage of uh, Palisade hosting Eagle Valley Tuesday night, along with uh, Fruit of Monument playing at Central. It'll all start at five o'clock, and it's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm coming up on um, Tuesday when we have full court coverage. But uh, Don, I appreciate the time. Have a safe trip up to Battle Mountain. And uh, thank you, Addie, al- along with Lorna Lancaster as well. Appreciate you ladies coming on for a few minutes this morning. And and thank you, Don. Hey, thanks so much, Jim. Hey, yeah, come on out on Tuesday night. We appreciate you coming there. It's our Cancer Awareness Night. Andy Smith, uh, CMU grad and a former player of mine, we're going to be honoring him and raising some funds. And uh, then we have Senior Night next Thursday. So come on out for the... Uh, Palisade Girls and Boys Basketball. We play at 530 and 7 next Tuesday and Thursday, and we really appreciate the support of the Valley. All right. Thank you, Don. Appreciate a great job, and and, and have a, a great game and a victory tonight at Battle Mountain. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Go dogs. All right. There we go. Oh, yeah, look, go dogs. Look from that. Go dogs. Ready to go. Don's ready to get, up, get in the vans, and let's yeah. get up to Battle Mountain and get this thing taken yep. care of. But if they don't, then that's a huge game Tuesday night mm-hmm. against Eagle Valley. And we'll be there. And it could be a a night where some things, certainly with Fruita Monuments lost to Montrose. Mm-hmm. Now Central has the one loss to Fruita. Saucy. So a couple of girls games with league championship implications coming mm-hmm. up Tuesday night with full court coverage. But once again, Palisade Girls Basketball, our Rick Nelson Agency, American Family Insurance, Teams Team of the Week. And I want to thank uh, Rick once again for, uh, for all the, the support that he uh, sends uh, our way. And, uh, of course, uh, supporting uh, high school athletics as well. Now so, uh, now the sponsor of our uh, team's team of the week. We appreciate him doing that. All right, 852. 12 and 34 the last two seasons. They're 13 and 6 right now. They have eclipsed the win total from the last two years. And there's still two weeks to go in this season. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's um, you got a couple seniors. Coy, Coy Simon's going to be a tough player to lose. Yeah, heading into next year. You say thir- they're fourteen and six is what I've got on. Oh, sorry, I got max preps. That's what I got on max preps actually. Oh, so Fitch <laughs> just told me thirteen. So, well, come on, max preps. Yeah, what are we doing here? Get your act together. Math is hard. But then next year they'll join the Southwestern League, mm-hmm. and that's going to be fun next year with, with Palisade a member of the Southwestern League in, in basketball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball is going to be really saucy next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. With uh, Nate Two Portland Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. Montrose, Palisade, Central, Junction. Yeah. I just, that's, it's a move that we've talked about, and um, Nate Porter's the one who actually, Nate's the one who broke the story on it. For, yeah. You know, but he said, hey, by the way, we're going to join the Southwestern League when he, when he came on during baseball season. That uh, I think it's just a great move by Greg Hawkins and, and and Palisade in terms of travel, local rivalries, things like that. You know, I, I wish at some point football could be that way again. It's a different animal, different in terms of scheduling, non-conference mm-hmm. things like that. It would be great if some point 
something like the Southwestern League would return in, in football. I don't don't know if or when that'll ever happen, but at least for the other sports, uh, this is a it's a move that makes a lot of sense. Right. I think the one for football needs a lot more done than just coming back into the conference because there's a lot with a 5A school and some 4A yeah. schools and a 3A school and all of that and inability to get, you know, equitable non-conference games. And that's that's the real rub. That's it's the, non-con- the rub. That's the non-conference games is what do you what do you do for mm-hmm. those cuz now you can fill out your non-conference schedule with teams in the valley and exactly. Montrose and works out know. perfect from that standpoint. Yeah. And then what do you, you know, okay, if you have a local conference and, you know, how do you fill out that non-conference schedule? Teams don't really want to come mm-hmm. over here. The competition's a little easier to fill out and now the fruit in is all be the in, other sports. And now the fruit is going to be in 5A. That makes it even more difficult Yeah, to get somebody to come over here for a non-conference. Because it does no one any good for Fruita to play Palisade, the 5A, 3A gap in football. Right, and, and so that's why you, you will never see that right. with a league where – Palisade being a 3A program playing in the league. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time when numbers were more equitable and, yeah. and there was the two-year period, Todd Casepear's first two years, they did play in the Southwestern League. And it was a blast and it was fun. And Palisade was really competitive in that league. All right, we will take a break and we'll come back with Hour 3 on the Jim Davis Show.